Welcome, not just to the year 2020, but to the Fear of God podcast. Here at the Fear of God, we, traditionally at least, find the holy and the horrific at the intersection of faith and fear, dissecting what scares us in order to find what saves us. Now, speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse. Before I go any further, listener, this episode, in case you aren't paying attention to what it says on the title thing, We'll be riddled with spoilers of the entire Star Wars franchise, including the new film. Now, that out of the way, typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. But he, here's one of those major spoiler alerts. Well, he had to go to another planet to find and to find an abandoned ship that held a doodad. Said doodad had an ancient language encrypted on it. And in order to get the translation for the encryption, he had to go to another planet. Now, once he had the translation for the initial doodad, he went to, yes, another planet to locate the goober he was originally seeking all along. This However, familiar. in order to find that goober, he had to discover the widget secreted into his initial doodad, which, when held up just so, revealed the location of the initially sought-after goober. Having now discovered the goober, he has sent me his tracking beacon as he heads to, yes, another planet to maybe resolve his mission quest thing. Maybe. Woo! If that all sounds like <laughs> nonsense, need I remind you, it is Reed we're talking about. And also, you're right. <laughs> However, while he's gone, which is clearly going to be for quite a while, do me a favor. Go subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Leave a rating. Do it now before you finish this episode, <laughs> because I don't know where you're going to stand at the end of this. Leave a rating, leave a review, come join the Facebook group. We have a good old time there. Go make a merch perch at tpublic.com. And last but not least, if you listened to our It Too conversation uh, at the very end of 2019, you will know that we have a brand new website. Yes, the fearofgodpodcast.com is live. You can go to it and marvel at the wonders found therein. Now, Tip, uh, technically, we're taking January off from new Fear of God standard episodes, but today is a very special episode. If you've been with us for any measure of time, really, say a quarter, you'll know that we formerly had quarterly kings throughout the life of the show and have informally had other bonus episodes, such as an interview with Bill Oberst Jr. here, a discussion with Reed's son about Universal Monsters there. Today... Like Palpatine being revealed as the major villain of the new Star Wars trilogy, those episodes are now forcibly retconned into a new format we're lovingly referring to as B-sides. That's right. Like audio cassettes of yesteryear, B-side episodes are meant to be off-the-beaten-path style episodes covering any range of non-traditional horror topics. Look forward to more B-sides in the future. Though, again, like Emperor Sheev Palpatine, we are forcibly 
shoving the name B-Side onto those previous episodes. But this mm. is the formal inaugural B-Side, and it will be featuring a conversation about a movie that really has not been discussed to death already, I promise you, um, featuring the brand new J.J. Abrams directed and J.J. Abrams, Chris Terrio written Star Wars film Rise of Skywalker. Yes, friends, typically with me is Reed, but I wasn't kidding. He is off on some damned fool adventure. Like Han says, guys, though, it would have been a boring conversation anyway. But with me today is longtime Star Wars fan, frequent Fear of God guest, the spunky go get him R2-D2 to my, you're going to find real quickly, super whiny C-3PO, the will they or won't they Finn to my Poe, the Dr. Evazan to my Ponda Baba. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he does have the death sentence on 12 systems. It is McClunky himself, my dyad in the force or whatever the heck that is. Ian Olsen! Ian, oh, welcome, man. buddy! <laughs> welcome! You are now my dyad. That uh, thing that you've never heard of until now and is crucial to the entire galaxy. You're, you're that, I'm, so thank you. I'm, I'm honored to suddenly find that I'm important and exist. <laughs> <laughs> crucial. <laughs> Crucial, in fact. Yes, definitely crucial. Ian, I am so glad you're here so that I can... I, I'm just going to warn you, like, uh, I, I'll just be vomiting for about an hour and a half, you know? Like, yes. I, I'm glad you're here so I can finally talk about this movie and stop thinking about it, like, just for a long time. It's a pleasure. I haven't, I haven't been able to sleep for four weeks since we initially <laughs> began talking about this. So. <laughs> Reading every every article, every review... Um, no, I promise I am not the guy who would see marketing for the new film that praised it, that when it cited the article, I'd say, I'm going to go read that. And sure enough, it's totally out of context. <laughs> I didn't do that at all. I swear. No, I, um, yeah, no, never. So Ian, you're here. We're going to get to some fun stuff, uh, before we, you know, kind of whatever it is we do here in a little bit, um, just, uh, fall down a, a, a shaft and explode and force goodness and you know mechanical but whatever Nathan, only to come I, back I never later told you and, huh I never told you right 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 <laughs> so right, it turns out turns out whatever um talk to me a little bit right whatever you you and I have been uh in communication for a couple of years now and surprise remarkably uh little fear of God fan note if you go listen to our very our it conversation from the the first it film that grouping was the very first time those people had talked together. So you can sort of yeah. chart, uh, this friendship there, but yeah, I discovered pretty quickly that you are a pretty dyed in the wool star Wars fan. Like, um, so I wanted to kind of give you the floor for a minute, uh, and just sort of, and I'll follow you kind of talk a little bit about like, and go as nerdy as you want. You know, we're all friends here. Um, what, what, track a little bit, uh, your sort of Star Wars kind of history, if you will. Yeah. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, um, I'm, I'm just so, so pleased, uh, to be here and having this conversation and, and even just to, um, rewind the beta tape, um, to where it all began. And as far as I can remember, before it ever got retconned, um, by any prequels, I remember being four and playing in the garage at my parents' house, and I got a fish hook stuck in my middle finger, and I was freaking out because it's a freaking fish hook and that hurts. And um, my uh, mom retrieved the hook and was cleaning the wound, and uh, to calm me down, um, Star Wars 
episode four, New Hope was put in the VCR. And I sat nice. down and was pacified. Um, uh, you know, I mean, there was this uh, opening crawl that I couldn't read. But I was like, I mean, this looks interesting. Weird. Right. Huh, sure. Words <laughs> flying into the horizonless horizon of space. Okay. And then this enormous Imperial One Death uh, Star Destroyer uh, flies overhead. And I was enraptured immediately. Yeah. The same way I'm sure every first gen um, fan was, you know, sure. just the, the the joke like that it just keeps going and going, which is the single best joke in Spaceballs. The way that Spaceball one just like it takes like three <laughs> minutes for it to go overhead, except uh, it elicited real awe. And I um, I completely forgot about my pain. This is quickly becoming meta because Star Wars makes me forget my pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, did they it's remind just... you. <clears throat> Well, it did for a while, at least. When it was it's like working. it's like it's like about a week ago when you sat down in the theater, your middle finger started throbbing, and not right, yeah, just wait, because no! of the compulsion to flip it, right? Right. No, the, the gangrene set in. It was the, the old wound reopened. Yeah. Um. It was, and oh my god, I was just I was transported immediately, and um, uh, I frequently would watch uh, the original saga uh, a lot uh, from that point on as a kid and um began collecting toys and i'm presuming this comics. is pre-special edition era that was pre-special edition era right, yeah right, right. and and it was still rad yeah, um of course it, it was unlike anything i had ever seen and and what's really cool is that as the years progressed as i began seeing i became more of a cinephile and began to see more movies and still nothing things would strike me as derivative of star wars or um, or uh, just plain inferior, like oh, like the, I never got into Star Trek for one. I was like, all of your aliens <laughs> are humans. Whoa, with, you're about to with pointy ears. Oh, swath <laughs> like, of fandom right okay. now. Fans, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reed, um, sorry. I, it's Reed. <laughs> he Reed. can't speak you for know himself. I, you know I love you. Picard's great, but look, ninety three percent of your aliens are clearly humans with pointy ears, and. And there's a cantina with like a thousand insane creatures in it. Sure. And it's just two minutes of a movie. It's it's just the sheer like smorgasbord of imagination. Yes. That, um, remember when we were saying that like the tunnel scene in the stand is not necessary, strictly speaking, for the plot. So that's how you know that it's like literary um, masterwork going on. Yeah. Cantina doesn't have to happen. It's just a bunch of people who are really talented saying, why not? Let's Why just not? let's just make this I mean, the Casablanca of space. If you're if you're gonna have a wretched hive of scum and villainy, it better look then like make, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. It needs it needs to look like toe jammy <laughs> and dark and insipid, and that's exactly what the cantina is. And yes. um, toe jammy. Um, <laughs> I was just telling my kids uh, tonight. Um, we just all went and saw Rise of Skywalker the other day. And um, they're so they're so pleased that they saw a Star Wars film in the theater. And I said uh, to them, I remember when episode one came out, um, I had just been watching episodes four through six so many times, so many times. I have I have them completely memorized by this point. The special editions had come out. I went to the midnight premieres of all of them with my nice. Kenner lightsaber replicas, you know, of course. <laughs> in my Meg light holster so I could have it hanging on a belt loop, you know, Um but for the first time, a new Star Wars film was opening in the theater, and I was there for it. And it just felt so historical and, um, like, epoch-defining. 
unfortunately, it was episode one. But still, initially, <laughs> you have no idea. You know, you're hey, like, oh my gosh, I mean, Star we Wars. All, we all got a little bewitched by <laughs> we, episode one, didn't we? I mean, there, for a moment was, in time, that we were like, whoa. And then after right, like yes. five minutes, you're like, wait a yeah, minute. The, the awe subsides, and you're like, that's wool over my eyes. I don't, I don't know about this. That's the um, very definition of the phrase. <laughs> Like a Gungan ear just got draped over your face. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. But but Star Wars fandom being what it is. Oh, even goodness. though Yeah, it's come a long you, way. Um You go. You go to every subsequent one, even <laughs> though you didn't like episode one. Right, You're like, right, well, yeah. it's Star Wars. Maybe they'll get it this time, and they don't. But you go. Because <clears throat> we are all you and McGregor standing on the ridge of Mustafar yelling, You were the chosen you one! Were the chosen to Star one! Wars itself, right? Like, <laughs> yes, it's a right, very exactly. meta moment. Like, of it's us a yelling. super meta moment. That's where George realized, like, this is just completely off the rails. <laughs> he incarnates himself into his own into his own work. <laughs> like, you were supposed to what, defeat what, the Sith, not you? join them. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. And Star so. Wars screams back at him, I hate you! <laughs> Okay. Woo. So there's that. that. Yeah, so there's that. Thank you. That was <laughs> I want you to throw in whatever you want. Um do you want to add more to your to your personal history? <laughs> um Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because this yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know, conversation. Um Yeah. Uh so I I have distinct memories <clears throat> um of of course playing with the original figures and yeah. we had return of the Jedi sheets on our beds. And yeah, you know, I remember, man, I'm about to play my nerd card here. I remember in high school specifically must've been the era of the special editions, I think. Um, and, and watching new hope over and over. Like I can more than any other entry recite a good deal of that film. Um, but I, the question I'm pivoting to here is, did you get into the legend stuff? Because if I'm perfectly honest, I read the Zon trilogy, though I don't remember much of it. But I yeah. think that's about it of my okay. legends knowledge. Did you get? Yeah. Did you get? You know, De- definitely, definitely. Yeah, I did. I every every Star Wars book that my local library would get, I would devour. Yeah. And again, it was this masochistic kind of thing, like the prequels, where a lot of them are not good. Sure. They are. They are poor. But it's Star Wars. You just want to you want to know what happens next. And I um, I think I didn't have as much an appreciation, perhaps, for like the mythic power of what the Skywalker saga like can and should be, because legend stuff is more like, hey, here's another foe. <laughs> Let's defeat them. Right. And it's sure. not. It, yeah. It's it's not. It's not that. Um, duality of human nature and and um and evil is in my bloodline and what do I do about that? Like the, the, the weight of like destiny. Sure. Um, in this dark sense. Um, and, and most of the legend stuff is just like, here's another Imperial survivor with a super huge fleet. How are, what are we going to do now? You know, and that can be fun, but it's not very substantial. Have you kept up with the new like novelizations and outputs and stuff like that? Post. No, it's no, it's, it's been a few years since I've really, faithfully followed that um because eventually it becomes such a it's kind of like ufo culture um 
where if if you take seriously every single like eyewitness account of a UFO, that means that there's like thirteen thousand alien civilizations visiting Earth <laughs> sure. on a weekly basis, okay. and all the Star Wars legends is like, how many kids did Han and Leia have? Like, how <laughs> many? How many like, Luke married who? So many. And, and oh, there's a cloning facility out here, and they, no one's seen those since the Clone Another Wars. Another one. Like, yeah, we. Yeah, yes. It's like all these surprises. It's like it's like J.J. Abrams. Is Sheev Palpatine out in the unknowns orchestrating all these weird mystery boxes that ultimately lead nowhere? Gosh, we're gonna have to apologize. To Too close to home. So many is times this... during this conversation, <laughs> um, <laughs> not the least of which is J.J. Abrams, or maybe it's him who owes us an apology. Um, I'm going to, I'm gonna trump all of my lack of legends knowledge by admitting here, only to you though, no one else. Yeah, only. Does, uh, doesn't go anywhere else. I did. I was pretty heavily engrossed in the Star Wars CCG circa yeah. 90, yeah. 96, 97, somewhere in there. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yes. That was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, yes. To the nerds who don't, or the non-nerds rather, who don't know what a CCG is, that is a collectible card game. Um, it's where they suck, Get educated. sucker you into yeah. multiple purchases across a span of time. Much like... <laughs> Oh, it's Just a new expansion franch- pack. Franch- oh, gotta get it. <laughs> With 34 cards. <laughs> I'm sure there's no clones in this one. Um, <laughs> wait, Snoke wasn't real at all? Um, <clears throat> okay, so so we got a little bit of, we got a little bit of background out of the way, you know. Um, did you know <clears throat> you just took a sip out of your Greedo mug, which is a real thing? I listener. sure did. Um, yes. <laughs> when I made the joke earlier about McClunky, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I didn't. So I'm going to reference them later, but um, a, a pretty strong source of current Star Wars sort of um, insight is the podcast Binge Mode Star Wars. I'll reference them a little later. But they started recently talking about, in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, this McClunky thing. I didn't know what they were talking about. So sure enough, on Disney Plus, um, <clears throat> or at least that's when they cite it as occurring in A New Hope, there's this random addition, additional moment of footage between Han and Greedo right before the infamous shooting, regardless of who was first or not, where it sounds the world like Greedo is saying the word McClunky. It's really weird, but <laughs> where I'm going yeah. with this, as strange as that is, dude, this is Big Brother big time right here. Uh, I was watching the other night in prep for this conversation, just scenes, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of refreshing myself on some infamous scenes from the series. My iTunes new hope, uh, you know, file, digital file, I guess we'll call it, um, that I purchased like five years ago has McClunky in it now. Oh yeah. See, I, my, my new hope is from, um, a box set from, uh, I think, 2003. Well, yeah, so it's not going to be on there. Well, yeah, that's what I'm... And that's part of the, like, Star Wars industry, where, like, every three years you it's need like, to rebuy Star Wars because... It's, like, it's like, like Tom Hooper and Cat's up in here. It's like, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> Here's something else. I forgot Uncle McClunky's name I wanted to name drop in a new hope at that point. Let's make sure like, it's in there. Like, oh, th- this one, the Force Ghost of Salacious Crumb is at the end, too, you know? <laughs> Hey, like, oh well, I better buy that too. It's like stupid uh, Sebulba showing up at Jabba's palace. Get out of here with that crap! Yeah, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. So uh, we'll move we'll move away from the biography section and recognizing we're both 
I think I think like self-consciously I'm trying to establish our bona fides a little bit here when we so that when we get deeper into the mythos that right you know we, we angry nerds aren't like you don't, right you don't, it's like a uh, weird owls fat music video like you ain't star wars you ain't, fat. You ain't star wars you know you ain't nothing <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> this is amazing um so i asked you <laughs> i asked you to identify three scenes of top three scenes i'm I have more than three that will be kind of adjacent honorable mentions, you know, like whatever. <laughs> so I want you to just start with just, just pick one and, and throw it out there. Okay. And we can, we can discuss these as we go. And if we yeah. get bored, we'll just move on to the next round. Okay. So I, I have, I have three like um absolutely blood earnest, dead serious, like three finest scenes. And then I have a, a, a runner up that I, that I think is honorable. Okay. Okay. So, but I, I want to say number one, hands down, my my favorite scene is um, when Luke has bested Vader um, in Death Star Two. Okay. Um, he severed his hand. Right. And uh, Palpatine tells him, you know, like now, kill your father, take his place by my side. And uh, Luke sees the point of connection between Vader's prosthetic hand and his own, and he recognizes the the possibilities of the path that he could be taking and he turns off his lightsaber and he says no you failed your highness and he throws his lightsaber to the side and he says i am a jedi like my father before me and that never fails to make me just erupt in hot tears because it is so amazing to me because that is um i've said before that I think that that is the best representation of, I I would say the doctrine of justification in in Christian theology in cinema, because um, what he is saying is in a very important sense, not true empirically at that moment. He is talking about this dark side cyborg, who is lying broken on this bridge, who had just threatened. To throw Luke aside and then turn his sister to the dark side. But Luke Luke thinks only of the good man Anakin. And though though this, you know, black clad behemoth is behind him, he says, I am a Jedi, present tense, like my father before me. Mm-hmm. Like my father. Mm-hmm. And that is just so incredibly powerful to me. And I feel like that is the moment where Anakin does begin to truly return because that's also a moment that the Emperor hadn't foreseen. The entire film, the Emperor is gloating, everything is proceeding exactly as I have foreseen it. And Vader is so muted throughout this film. And it's because everything is predestined. Everything that Palpatine has machinated is coming true. He can do nothing. He wants to save his son. He wants to rule with his son, but he can't because Palpatine's going to win. And now here comes a moment that Palpatine didn't foresee. Because Palpatine is very clearly pissed in this moment. Oh, well, he's uh, he's just orchestrated <laughs> so much across, you know, decades yeah. upon decades of decades, yes. intergalactic and, struggle, right? And and now this 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 command right goes no, not I'm not going to do that. Absolutely well, not because I'm, I'm just, with this guy. I'm just thankful he gets a second chance, old Palpy. Are you? Are no. you? I don't. No, no, really not. you're not. You're no, not. because no, the last time I erupted in hot tears over Star Wars material, it was not for anything positive. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> but let me let me throw at you here because so, one of my scenes I didn't know you were going to do that one was was honestly the ten minutes or five minutes preceding that moment. Um, I yeah. just I love the final phase of the Luke Vader battle. Oh, absolutely! In Return of the yes. Jedi, um, you got Luke hiding. You've got Vader yep. just like skulking around in the shadows. Yep. I love your thoughts betray you, especially for sister and something that will come to, I think be really powerful to me about the current trilogy is, and I phrased it here, the rage of Luke, um, just yeah. the passion of these characters. And, and, you know, I think that's the kind of stuff as a, as a, a young man absorbing this stuff for the first time years ago responds to this, this warring conflicting sort of thing. But, um, yeah. even in that scene, you've got the character beats, you've got the operatic score, which is just really yeah. lovely. Um, oh, the it lighting is. and it all culminates. At least what I'd written down is in the uh, moment of good, you know, <laughs> Palpatine <laughs> laughing, <Yes>. laughing, his <laughs> Imperial laugh. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I love, I love that scene as well. Um, None of my scenes are going to be quite as richly uh, supported as 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 yours were. They're more just. Like, I think oh, about this, this a lot. This is fun. I like that one. Um, that said, I do want to give. Um, I'll I'll throw one of mine out here, another one of mine out here, and then you can pivot to a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a, a scene I threw in my favorite scenes list, which is interesting because, despite at least historically, Return of the Jedi. Um, having less clout if you will um a lot of my favorite stuff happens in return of the jedi i don't know if it's yeah, because man. of i don't i honestly i would have to ask my parents about this i don't remember if we saw these in the theater i would have been four at the time return of the jedi came out so that seems a little young but the <clears throat> once uh most of jabba's palace but mm -hmm. specifically starting when uh, bounty hunter Leia shows up with Chewie. You've got to, mm -hmm. you have to push past that idiotic special edition dance number. That's awful. Yes. It's so bad. Yes, it's terrible. It is. It it's is. Yes. Awful. It is terrible. Let me rephrase. Ian. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's you, embarrassing. You same words in a different order. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, but so you start. Someone, someone did that. Someone animated that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine them sitting there being like, "Oh, this is this is good stuff." This is, this is, this is my legacy. And then you know what you know what she's saying. This is because there's always if you're a Star Wars fan, you hate watch and you still commit it to memory. It's kind of twisted. It's hate watching. That, that is the, 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 the <laughs> that's the phrase du jour. Um, uh, so Leia shows up. Um, Luke, just the true Jedi Knight, shows up in his black robes, yeah. threatening right. Jabba. It's so awesome. I love yeah. I, maybe one of my favorite moments, sequence of moments in any just, you know, action genre movie ever is, um, Luke on the skiff. On so the you've skiff, got yeah. you've got the ha um uh, I was born here, you know. You're going to die <laughs> you're here, you know. Gonna die here, you know. It's such <laughs> a great bit of just so on script, <laughs> scripting comedy. 
Um, instead of a, a big dark blur, it's now it's a big light blur. I think my vision's improved. No, don't worry. I can see a lot better now. <laughs> I don't think this will come up in my top five. I don't know until rewatching in prep for Rise that I truly appreciated Harrison as Han as much as I should have. Yeah. I mean, he is he is magical. But <clears throat> all that to say, um, <laughs> you know, adolescent Nathan was just enthralled with Luke's diving board leap and catching Definitely. the lightsaber. I mean, that's just that's yep. just action movie magic. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um so I we're all in in this sphere, so my honorable mention, my runner up is in Return of the Jedi. And um it's uh it's when um <laughs> I first of all, I love Admiral Akbar. He's my it's a trap. He's <laughs> the shield generator is on the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> he needs his inhaler really bad. Um I love <laughs> I love um <laughs> I don't know that he could use an inhaler, like physically. <laughs> he has flippers, even. It's just his gills or something, you know. <laughs> he just needs to be he in just, water. He has such a it. he has such a wet sucking sound though. Like, yeah, he needs to get back. He needs to get back in his in his fishbowl. Yeah. How did he get that high in the ranks? Uh, talent, just sheer, sheer um, talent. Yeah. Sheer talent. Um. I, I love that he's a military genius who gets utterly taken by surprise. You're like, here's a trap. Yeah. But uh, it's like the Jedi order before him. You just keep screwing up. Wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, what? look, there's there's okay. 200 Star Destroyers over there. Um, Admiral Akbar. Okay, what? What's Admiral Akbar. Okay, the honorable mention is um, the entire... Um, sequence like uh, concentrate all forward firepower on that super star destroyer, sure. um, and then and then the A wing like <laughs> intensify all forward firepower, and then wow. the Imperial officer is like too late. <laughs> <laughs> he, he takes his his final words are too late, and then the A wing crashes into the bridge. The super star destroyer crashes into the Death Star. Sure, my runner up my runner up moment is Admiral Akbar, his watery black eyes glistening. <laughs> And as he slumps down in his command chair, like the the sheer look on his face of like, holy, we did that. <laughs> like we just even I'm surprised. We, ju- we just pulled that off. <laughs> holy smokes, you know like, <laughs> the the wonder of it all. It just it yeah. it gets me every time. Because <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, never mind. There's a, I think we would pull there's that a, off. <laughs> there's a story behind that look. You know, there's a story there. Oh, His Admiral Akbar. He, he subjugated and persecuted, and now here he is witnessing the executor plunging like a sword into the surface of Death Star 2. You don't get to and be an admiral by accident, you know, <laughs> unless, unless your name is Akbar. If you're a Mon Calamari, you got to fight and swim your way up the. Oh, my God. Whoa. Goodness gracious. Change his. All water. that. All that for a runner up. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to take forever. I'm so glad we're having this much fun now. Okay. I will, I will, I'll throw out my runner up and then we'll get to our tops. Okay. Uh, We'll get our tops on. Um, (laughs) So my runner up, I got to be honest. It is the Darth Maul duel. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's legit. It's legit. It's there's some good choreography in there. Um yep. the Duel of the Fates, John Williams mm-hmm. track is baller. The reason it's gonna be a runner up and a runner up forever is it's just intercut with so much stupid, you know. It's <laughs> it's it's Annie just bombing stuff. Try spinning. That's a good trick. You know? Oh, whoa, 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 look. You know. <laughs> so you've got What if I do this? <laughs> what does this button do, R2? Um, you know, you've got that, and then you've got Asinine Jar Jar just bumbling his way through, you know. Between the two of them, they save Naboo. <laughs> Okay, so that's my honorable mention is Duel of the Fates. All right, so what is that's your what is your number one? Uh, okay, so I'm a Jedi like my father before me was number one. Number okay. two, um, and I'll let you elaborate even more. But the uh, Kylo Ren Ray throne room battle that's is, my, that's is my number simply, one. That's my number one. It's, it's simply it's... amazing. It's it's it, even if you're not a. It, I think that with the same kind of character arcs and development, if it wasn't Star Wars, that's an amazing scene. It's majestic. Um, it it is. Yes. No, I think there's I, no other word for it. I remember watching. We'll get to some of this stuff, but I remember watching The Last Jedi for the first time in the theater. And that scene starts. Well, mm-hmm. the sequence begins with the evisceration of Snoke, who's apparently yep. not Snoke. But... Um, <laughs> Once that moment happens, you're like, uh, whoa. And then she, yeah. ca- then she catches the saber and you're like, yep. Whoa. And then <laughs> they start that fight. And I just, it, goodness gracious. It just washes over you with amazingness. I, I stood up and shouted profanities in the theater when it <laughs> happened because I, I couldn't like, I, I couldn't believe what I was. I was Akbar. I, <laughs> And I unfortunately, unfortunately, you did it during Holdo maneuver, so it was really quiet when you decided to right, do that. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> and everyone knew it was that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting, sitting down, amazed. Well, but that whole that whole sequence from Snoke's death Absolutely. to her catching the saber to their fight, which is just epic in itself, to yep. intercut that with the Holdo maneuver, which I loved, yep. and then yes, finishing with... Um, their character beats to each other him yes you know yes you're nothing you're no one but not to me oh my god to me yeah rich character and extending his hand like i love his impassioned like no you're still you know like uh he had said earlier like let the past die kill it if you need to and uh and and when he's like mad like he wants her to join him but he's like no you're still thinking that way you know like he's I just utterly believe it. I utterly believe that this is Kylo Ren, and he's saying, "We all just forget." A lot all of us it. did for a minute believe it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> someone, someone with initials JJ wasn't as convinced, but I won't say who. We'll, yeah, I, I'm not gonna was, name any names. It was Janet Jackson, okay? It was Janet Jackson. <laughs> it's Miss Jackson. If you're it's nasty, J- J- Jonah uh, Jameson, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's a menace. He's a menace. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop so, that peter parker oh um, my god oh my god what's next for you um do you was my it number one? three is okay. my, yeah my my number three is also from last jedi it's the entire um luke um showing up sequence that because was, that's also... that was my next one wow. oh my god we're that's... clones <laughs> 
<laughs> but don't bother From wondering how. Don't ask questions. <laughs> oh. Sith chicanery and <laughs> gobbledygook. <laughs> Oh or my whatever, God. whatever what Charlie is so, has to what say. What is great, what I do appreciate about this conversation, <laughs> Ian, is anyone who was curious about where we might go in our sort of <laughs> Rise of Skywalker chat is already gone. Because right. yeah, yeah, we've already lost right. them. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these, these dudes. Okay. Oh, whatever. Not my Gotta look. ruin everything. <laughs> Thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yes. So the battle, the battle of Crate with Luke. I'm glad you said it so I don't have to use it to fake it as my list, but it's it's magic. It is magic. Yeah. Every every element of it. Every element. Um like so I'll be honest. Be honest. Um, That's what sec- we're here for. I, I'm hey man. You would you and me, you and me right here, brother. Um <laughs> why I'm turning into Stallone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe. Um I saw the second trailer for Last Jedi and I thought, oh crap, it's a a snow battle with walkers like it, we already we've already recycled enough stuff we don't have to do this but it completely subverted it i love um and it's not just like well it's not snow it's salt it's the it's the the way that movement reveals the red soil a bloodless battle that has all these evocations of blood um is just visually brilliant but then the entire point of the battle is actually like hey look there we're not here to win. We just need to survive long enough so that we can get out of here. Say and what, it is say such what a you check. love, brother. It's such it's such a check on um Poe has been dying this entire movie. And I I love um the Last Jedi, the art of the Last Jedi book that you got me. You know, they they mentioned like that concept art where his hand is on the window of that um landing craft. And and um the the artist said like Poe is dying as he's looking out and seeing them abandoning oh, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole idea of what being a hero means, like getting in an X-Wing, blowing stuff up. Right. Like, yeah, okay, you got to do that sometimes, but that's not always the answer. Sometimes the answer is you hold them off long enough to get out of there. Yeah. And that, and, and you run away. And it's just personified. It. I, I love seeing him develop as a character when he recognizes uh, Luke isn't going out there to win. Luke is going out there oh, to buy time, oh. taunt Kylo Ren. Oh, my God. <laughs> So we'll we'll have to truncate some of this when we get to our top five. But um, what I love, a thing I love about The Last yeah. Jedi, we'll use personal pronouns, okay? Um, <laughs> even though I do think it's a bit objective, but whatever. Um, <laughs> is so much of it, so much is rooted in character stakes and intention and motivation. Yeah. And you've got the arc of Luke in that film is mm-hmm. from despair and rejection to yep. finally embracing a new role. And uh, yeah, I was about to walk into the metaphor itself, a new hope. He is the spark that lights the fire to burn the first order down. Yeah, but that's exactly where I'm going right. with that <clears throat> is even little moments, dude, Adam driver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will, will some of this will um, uh, play out in our top fives. I imagine, but I'll do credit to this trilogy, however wonky it feels ultimately, to the casting and the character sketches, right? Like, yeah. Kylo Ren, uh, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley as Ray, mm-hmm. fill in the blank, um, is they're amazing. They are fantastically yeah. done. And <clears throat> I, uh, 
it's not for everybody, but we were fans of the show Girls on HBO. That's how I knew Adam Driver previous to the series. So kind of came in predisposed to appreciating his work. And sure. that scene when he's on his ship with Hux, the more when he's yelling more. Yes. I mean, like, yes, that's so rich. I mean, it is. Yes, it's it not is. just uh, Imperial soldier doing his duty. This very static right. kind of one dimensional thing. It is rich yep. and there is history and there is stakes and intention and motivation. And it's powerful. Yes. That um, <clears throat> is not fair for me to keep pointing out moments in last Jedi. It's like, Oh, that's one of my favorite moments too. But like ahead. last Jedi is just so chalk full of incredible acting and moments. And um, that's uh, it, it can be a funny gif, you know, like more, more. Sure. But in the moment, the rage is so real. Yeah. Kylo Ren is there. He is going to unleash all the firepower at his disposal to destroy another failed father figure. Yeah. It, it is just such, such sheer hatred. Just and and it, and it's the opposite of, of Rose, right? Like, hey, that's not, this is how we're gonna win. Right. We're gonna we're gonna save what we love. Who? And Kylo Ren is Who? out. To, oh, she doesn't. No, I, I, Leia's babysitter. Remember oh. her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. She she was a she was a minor character oh, no. in, in part of the okay. sequel trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Um but Kylo Ren it just embodies the sheer opposite. I I will annihilate all that I hate. Yeah. And uh he just he sells it. He utterly sells it. Well and he <clears throat> um to, to highlight him as a character, like little little beats that um especially after <laughs> The most recent entry, I have to think, are largely character or actor choices. But I love yeah. little things like in Force Awakens, him pounding his side in the snow. Yes, from the crossbow yes. attack, Abs- things like yes. that. Things like in the fight, the standoff with Luke on crate, this bull charge stance he adopts. This yep. is like oh, yes. it's just fantastic work. Um, let's do this. Animal, he, let's do this because yeah. uh, last Jedi will come up again. Um, <laughs> probably the rest of the episode. I don't know. Um, the rest of the conversation. <laughs> but let's do this. Let's pivot to uh, if you want to top five from five to one uh, films in the franchise. You you feel good uh, about moving that direction? I feel real. I feel real good about. <clears throat> I'm going to start with my number five, and this actually surprised me. Um, leading up to Rise of Skywalker, I rewatched uh, all but solo and one through three so this is primarily pulling from those um (laughs) i would put rogue one at five i yeah the first time i saw rogue one i didn't dislike it but it felt a little more disposable than ultimately Mm -hmm. i think it is i mean i think it's a really strong film it does suffer a little bit on the front end i think from just the uh just the planet hopping that reed is doing while we're talking here you know like it, <laughs> it, it can get a little mired in self-consciousness that way but once it settles into a groove it's really strong um i think yeah. the humor is great k2so is yes. fantastic alan tudyk is wonderful <clears throat> yep. um i think jen is a good character i think cassian's a great yep. character i love chira yes. and, and bays i yep. um there's this funny feeling that Rogue One does better than any Star Wars film. Where in the final sequence on Scarif, which is itself... I actually pondered Scarif as one of my top three scenes. Just I think it's just gorgeous and really powerful. Yes. But yes. more than any Star Wars film, I think, uh, I, I watched that and I was like, huh. 
<laughs> this is a pro-terrorist movie. I mean, it, right? Like, when you well, start to kind yeah. of comprehend the politics at work in a piece, like, if you're being honest about the material, that's what we're championing, which is a small yep. band of fighters against a corporate government entity, right? Yep. I, 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 want, to, I want to be really careful. Like, I think... I think that, like, broad strokes, you're right. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not um, a um, a relativist in the sense that, like, nothing is capital T true. You know, like, sure, the sure. only things that are true are your preferences. But there is um, a large degree of truth, and I'll say it that way, of truth to the fact that um, some some are remembered as terrorists um, due to propagandistic efforts um some because the history books have been written and slanted that way um are you speaking in the real are you speaking of the real world or of the star Wars? in the world? real world yeah okay, in the right, real right, world right right yeah right like i mean freedom fighters it um in a way it depends on which side you're talking about sure if they're well and listen freedom I, fighters. I, I i knew i was using very uh incendiary phrasing there but i think the broad but the, but i like it but yeah. I, I think there's a great degree of truth to it yeah but i think the simple point there is much like what i think the last jedi does well is is rogue one at its finest and that last 45 minutes is that film at its finest kind of clears your brain of the assumptions of this Franchise. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're like, yes. oh, wow. I have for 40 years been championing the the guys who were attacking the the corporate entity, right? The the yeah the yes. mo the monolith. Um, right. What? Yes. How do I feel about that? I don't know. It, it it really rung out in a new way on this rewatch of Rogue One. Um, and I love I love it. Probably if I had considered it more deeply, I would have added. I am one with the force. The forces with me. Chirrut's walk that's, is yep. as one of my uh, top scenes because that's it's amazing. I'm, that is I'm now I'm now stuff. regretting not having it because I do think <laughs> if you're gonna just if you're gonna say okay, person who's never watched Star Wars, what planet have you been on? But also, <laughs> um, he's been hiding out on Dagobah. I get it, but <laughs> <laughs> but like that scene is illustrative of this franchise at its finest. It's yeah, such a perfect distillation of what those films are after, in a broad sense. What was your What was your five? Um, my five is uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Any I talked um, I talked for a while on Rogue One. Any any additions you want to make? <laughs> um, I put Force Awakens so it's for known. I put it as number three. So as number three. Okay. Surprising myself, um, honestly. I like it a lot. I so I don't want putting it as number five to like sure. I don't know, bespeak like, oh, I hold it in. It, it's just, it's problematic. I like so much about it, but there's no denying that structurally and in many details, it is a recycling of a new hope. Sure. And I used to have a an easier time saying something like, oh, it's recapitulation and, um, you know, it's mythic recapitulation and it shows how evil never does anything um original it just copies what evil has done before and maybe there's a case that's a very, for that's that. a very generous take on this script that's 
I think I think that after watching Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> I have a bit more like, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's it's just another Death Star. <laughs> it's just you know, like, <laughs> Jakku is Tatooine. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Yo, wrong. Oh, you know, okay, like, guys. Oh, there's I, that Gungan ear again in my face. I, yep. <laughs> I was trying to be charitable, but no, it's JJ now, Abrams. What's hilarious? You and JJ Abrams. What's hilarious about that is. And I mentioned this, uh, any listener to regular Fear God listener, I dissect some of my feelings on The Last Jedi in our rear window episode at the top of 2018. However, in that little venting, I mention how watching The Force Awakens for the first time and you meet Rey and it's a desert planet and, oh, there's the droid BB-8 is yep. the sub for <laughs> R2 and 3PO. And, and I remember watching the first time being like, look at these like deft echoes of New Hope and that's yeah, really yeah. that's really subtle and and nuanced. And if you just don't know, you maybe not pick it. And then by the end of it, you're like, ah, uh, there's nothing deft about this whatsoever. This, it is, right, it yep. is literal <laughs> copy and paste. Someone they're someone, tracing right, tracing a new hope. <laughs> it's, it's like on the Scarif server module tower thing. Someone went to get the script for Force Awakens and accidentally got the script for New Hope and then got confused. And you're like, ah, uh, just go with it. Just go with it. We're, they, we're already. They shooting. said the code word Super Eight, and then this came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, for me, I'll reference for my. Did you did you have more you want to say about Force Awakens? Uh, it's just that it's redeemed by Adam Driver, yes, Daisy Ridley, yes. and and Harrison Ford, yes. Um, Han Solo as mentor figure. Um, it. I think that even with Adam Driver and, and Daisy Ridley, it would not work without Han Solo's movements and. Um, as much as like, I, it's not that I want him to die, but like his death is really pivotal, and uh, sure. I think does do something. It does something different. Yes, we've seen the mentor die. We've seen, you know uh, Obi Wan quite right. but there's something different in this. Well, right? this is where we see someone succumb to the dark side. Um, it is, and it, it, that's different. It's it's kind of surprising, even myself, that after my feelings on Rise of Skywalker, I can still be generous towards the force awakens but i think there's a lot of good groundwork laid there and yeah something that i found really lovely uh once and and again once you can kind of forgive the new hope cut and paste there's a lot of good to be found in it but um as you just referenced signified by these new characters and the actors portraying them it's i mean without that which it's hard to even fathom that sort of mental exercise but without that i don't think it works at all however um something that i think similar to the jarring effect scarif and rogue one has that i think we forget as having been consumers of this world for 40 years is the relationship of the characters in the world to the mythological elements that we've come to know and love and assume in other words sure yeah you reference han I texted mm-hmm. I texted you this last night the <laughs> the purity of the moment when Ray it's so frustrating what they've layered back onto this character because now you're like I don't even know how to deal with this but <laughs> if you take it on its own um <laughs> the purity of that moment of I don't remember exactly what she says but like the surprise the incredulity at mm-hmm. the notion that maybe the whispers are true, right? The the right the things you've just sort of heard about in the m- comings and goings on this junk planet of Jakku about 
the force and Jedi and yeah. the magic and the mystery and the of that might be real. And and I to, right, yes. you know, again, I, I will have serious issue with Rise of Skywalker, but what I will give credit to here and and JJ deserves a lot of it is that a scene like that of Hans. Yeah. No, it's it's all real. I mean, that's magic. It's true. That's amazing. All of it. Yes. For, it's Han Solo, right? Like yeah. hokey religions and ancient weapons, yeah. you know, like it's this guy saying it. Well, it's, it's what's true. what's fascinating. I don't I don't know if you're watching at all Mandalorian, but what's fascinating about that show and that treatment of the Star Wars universe is I mean, I know you well enough to know you're well versed in the the existence of Baby Yoda, but um <laughs> all of the characters are totally dumbstruck by what this cuz in the show Baby Yoda ultimately does display force powers. Every character around him is totally ignorant to what is happening when that happens. It's mm. really cool and fascinating and a, and, a, and a really nice reminder of kind of what the actual status and rules are in that universe. So it's kind of it's cool. Right. So as, yeah. as illustrated by Rey in Force Awakens, wide-eyed wonder at this. Um, right. One last uh, Rey note in this Force Awakens is what I considered adding to my top scenes is the lightsaber moment in the snow. I mean, it's yeah, it, that's, it's, it's great. Kind of, it was kind of everything now. I don't know, but you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I know you've got kids. I've got three daughters and that moment yep. was so, cause we've, you and I have just spent an hour talking about our personal history with a character like Luke Skywalker. And to right, yep. pivot that the complete opposite direction and say, oh, by the way, also this. It was just magical mm -hmm. and amazing and a yes. wonderful bit of cinema magic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Love it. I so absolutely that, love it. So that was my three, your five. What was your four? Uh, uh, a New Hope. That was my four, too. Look at you guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the bigger fool? The fool or the fool who follows him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there was a split nanosecond there where I was like, "Is Ian okay?" I I did not know you were going into Chewy. That's hysterical. Talk, talk to me about New Hope on your list. Yeah, A New Hope is it, it's solid. It's 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 great. Um, it's relatively standalone, uh, and it just doesn't get into as many of the profundities as like empire and jedi will and that's it that those are the only knocks against it and they're not even i've truly got knocks. i've got another just... little knock and oh it's boring okay it's boring it's <laughs> it's pace does not some, hold up well in modern some parts are a slog do what some parts are a slog yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were re-watching it for um uh and even my wife was present in the room who was just not just she just she just doesn't get on the she doesn't get on the Star Destroyer, and at this point, I can't really blame her anymore. But um, uh, I remember prepping it <laughs> to my kids, who'd seen it before, but just in build-up for Rise of Skywalker, being like, right, y'all, right. this is like cinema history. You know, and and, yeah. and like 30 minutes in, I'm like, right, yeah. I forgot. And this is, woo! Three well, there's a R2. lot of Death Star boardrooms, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like... like with like really petty imperial officers too, you know, like they snipe at each other. <laughs> like I'm not so sure about that. And, and someone, someone Admiral has Mahdi. the cojones. Admiral Mahdi. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this 
this guy is like, don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Like, dude, dude, you must have just been promoted. Like, you clearly don't know who Darth Vader is. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you, you're Which, a dead although, man. What are you doing, in dude? De- in like, his defense, in A New Hope, Darth Vader is just kind of like a a mystical flunky, right? You know, like, he's, 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 he's badass, he's, but he's, he's not the Vader we've come on, to know and love. He's on Tarkin's leash. Yeah. Which is, which is an odd thing if you think about it. Like, so he's Dark Lord of the Sith, but he's subdued. But that's not a thing he's in like, that movie. That's not a thing in that movie. It's in the novelization. It's in the novelization. Oh, really? He okay. is. Yeah. All right. Well, which cool. came I, out before A New Hope. Interesting. 1976. I'm not. So a, yes, I'm, Darth Vader. I love The Last Jedi. I'm clearly not a fan of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love Last Jedi. Screw the rest of them. Yeah, I yeah. Love Last Jedi. <laughs> you are part what, of the Rebel what, Alliance and a traitor. What, Take him away. What, what's the force? <laughs> <laughs> Good. He points. Gracious. Vader points so much at a new hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because he's wagging his finger all the time. Face? I love the, it. The actor in the suit. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you know. What do you mean I have this stick that you're going to post-production make glow? And he was, stuff. He was like, getting his footing. Nobody knows you know? what we're doing here. He was, he was getting his footing. And it's hard. The dude is like six foot six. You know, maneuvering <laughs> around is difficult, you know. So he's getting used to it. And yeah. at first, what do you do? You, you're you English, so you just point a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you're a part of the Rebel Alliance and the traitor. And Take it's, her over. it's got one of the greatest Carrie Fisher deliveries ever when she just goes, Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. <laughs> Just yes. <laughs> dude, dude, horror legend Peter Cushing is in this. You know? <laughs> like, he, and he says stuff like, I'm taking a great risk on this, Vader. This had better be worth it. <laughs> like, but I don't know. But I, think he has he, my... I think he was stronger in Rogue One, you know. He was... <laughs> His ghost was, yeah. I did forget um, to mention on my Rogue One love, Ben Mendelsohn. I love Ben Mendelsohn. He's great. Ben Mendelsohn, yeah. Um, my favorite thing that Cushing says in A New Hope, though, is the the guy with the enormous sideburns comes like, "Sir, we are analyzing the attack pattern." And he's really low key, right? Sir, we're analyzing the attack pattern, and we we may have discovered a weakness in the station. And and then Tarkin is so like incensed, he's like, "Evacuate!" You know, moment of triumph. Moment of triumph. I, I think you overestimate their chances. One minute later, annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> He is space dust. As of that, I'm sorry, stardust. As there of that go. moment, there you go. Nice. Uh, yeah, there's so many great. There, it is boring, but there's a lot of great moments in the new. I mean, I think. How often can you say that? What? Only with Star Wars can you say like, yeah, it's boring, but it also, it's also great. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I love, I love the Han on the microphone bit at the detention oh, he, block. He's That's hilarious. Awesome. Yes. It, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh no, uh, uh, situation is everything's fine. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Look, we're gonna have company. All right. <laughs> the very moment the Imperials are like, something's up. So, like, <laughs> all right. What is your three? So, I, I, my three was Force Awakens. My four was New Hope. What's your three? Uh, my three is Empire. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And and I'll just say that it's because the emotional payoff of Jedi is what pushes it above Empire, even though Empire, in more ways, is more complex emotionally, thematically. Um, I almost feel a little like um, wrong saying that, but well, um, in your defense, in your defense, I put Empire at two, 
and part of it was bowing to what I knew would be the pressure to make Empire high on the list. Sure. Not because I well, don't like Empire, but for emotional and sentimental reasons, I don't know that I would count it as my twos. <laughs> but there it is, right there staring at me on my screen. <laughs> it's it's fan, it's fan service. So you're oh, in good God. company. Oh, God. Abrams does the same thing. It's okay. You're I feel in good terrible company. now. It's fine. I feel terrible. <laughs> I am now mentally retconning into my history that Empire Strikes Back was always my number one. Who are you to tell them? (laughs) Okay, so your number three was Empire. Your number two was Return. Uh, I will say of just my number two (laughs) um, of Empire. (laughs) So (laughs) low-key. Sweet Reed's going to have to edit this. Um uh sweet sweet reed, sweet reed. He's, he's out he's out with his wayfinder or whatever the hell that doodad's called the the, um, the, the way dagger for the wayfinder <laughs> i mean i will in defense of empire not just historically in cinema but re-watching it i was i i was struck by how little credit i had given it previously because it's the script is fantastic uh, it is harrison yes. ford just owns this film more than i remember yep he's in a in a way he's the emotional glue like he um i just utterly utterly believe his devotion to luke at the beginning um and then his pained pursuit of leia um the betrayal and um just his heroic like just chewy you need you need to protect the princess now like just every every part of it he he he's so rounded out since a new hope and he's just he's just on fire is great so um i will i will drop here i had forgotten it until this recent rewatch uh mm. one of my favorite lines from empire yoda's luminous beings are we i really mm. really love that if you want me to do it because you're the, fa- the look on your face is like no, I, yeah, you need to yeah, do it yes mm. i demand it luminous yes. beings are we <laughs> <laughs> not this crude matter <laughs> They are what we grow beyond. <laughs> I love, I love how he's tooling with Luke at the beginning so, it's so hard. It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. All right, here we are, um, Ian. I am so. I, I, I didn't know this was going to happen when I pitched yeah. to you make a top five. The Force knew what? The Force knew. The Force yes. knew. Um, <laughs> so my number one which i seems to be yours is is rise of skywalker the phantom menace (laughs) (laughs) i believe he's tooling with you sir (laughs) wow wow we have pissed off so many star wars fans and we're not even there was that was that was like kylo ren and ray both reaching for anakin's lightsaber at the same moment and like (laughs) That's what that was. <laughs> we just gave each other life. We gave each other life. Right. You know? Back and forth. Back and forth. You know? Yep. Yep. Just cradle. <laughs> just cradle me. All right. So, yes. My number one. Like you did on Naboo. Even now, and it will take a lot to dethrone this, is The Last yep. Jedi. I mean. Absolutely. My only knock against this movie, and then we can sing its praises even more than we already have, and then <laughs> go all over the galaxy um is <laughs> is something i've grown to hate about modern media criticism not just film 
is mm-hmm. is <laughs> this weird insistence subconsciously and explicitly that a thing be perfect or it be nothing mm-hmm. right and yeah 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 canto bite is a struggle um hmm. now I can find ways to defend it and make sense of it and narratively and thematically it works or thematically it works in spades narratively it's a little slow right like canto bite is a little if if you're gonna have a thing you can point to in last jedi and say i don't know about that one canto bite is that for me that said interesting okay there is about 20 minutes of deleted scenes that are specifically rose and finn that Mm -hmm. when you watch them you're like oh Actually, I really dig this storyline now. I don't know if yeah, the, you had that experience. I um, I didn't. Um, even the first watch, you were I, like, I I'm, I'm e- down with all of it. I mean, I'm I'm happy yeah, to hear even, that. Even my first watch, um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to be fair. Okay, I'm just trying to throw a bone. I know, to I know. The you, hateful look, I, I commend, I commend the crap out of you <laughs> for trying to be so even-handed with this movie that you, you. You you send me a text flurry on Christmas <laughs> evening. You're like, hey, I know you're I know you're trying to spend time with family. I just want to gush about Last Jedi. So <laughs> I I I I respect that you are trying to like, well, this part wasn't perfect. So that's great. That's really great. Um But I, I for some reason, um Canto Bite worked for me yeah. immediately. But I think it's because I was already picking up that a lot of what Last Jedi was going to do with our non-Jedi characters was that there are times where you cannot accomplish your aims by head-on assault. And 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 by going the direct brute force route, you are making things worse. Did you just say a brute force um, route? That's Yes. That's you need to write that. <laughs> you need to write that down. I, I, I'm a poet with a blaster. So um <laughs> But there's there's a lot of ways in real life we we're trying to go about this thing um, with this um, Sisyphean labor and it's just head on and we're just pouring all of our firepower into it. But all we're doing is we're more fall into more, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. So that's what Poe does, and that's what Finn and uh, Rose do. Like, oh, we got to get the Master Coder. If we get the Master Coder, we can get into the Mega Star Destroyer. We get in the Mega Star Destroyer, we can turn off the light speed tracking. And it's like, no, actually, you have you have sealed the fate of most of the Resistance because the plan would have worked if you had just shut up and f- and followed orders. But you tried to be a hero, and it wasn't the right time for it. And now all the these these Resistance transports, we would have landed on crate safely. All these people would be alive, except you had you to be a hero. DJ. You had to be a hero, and DJ sold you out, which you should have counted on. <laughs> and and you have made you have made things worse by trying to. Um, it, it's it's just so illustrative. That's what um, Luke comes the closest to falling to the dark side because he has the vision of his friends in danger. What does he do? Loyalty, love drives him to try to save them. But that's that's the closest that he comes to succumbing to the dark side, that that temptation, and that's what Yoda warns him. And I feel like that's a really big, um, that's Anakin's whole storyline, right? He doesn't go to the dark side because like he actually like, hey, you know, would be fun, just kill a bunch of younglings. That sounds awesome. He's trying to prevent something, and there are so many, and that's what classic Greek tragedy is. In our attempts to keep something from happening, 
we ensure that it happens. And I guess I just, um, I just, I smelled that scent in the air, I guess, the, in the breezes of Canto Bite. And uh, I just, I, I bought that storyline. And um, the Marxist in me was all about um, smashing up that town, you know, making him hurt. Punch your fist through this beautiful town or whatever she says. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you even pick this apart? Uh, I, I think that good, mm, you know, take this however seriously or whatever after the fact. It was so disheartening to me in, in, a, in a true sense when I got out of The Last Jedi and was so just swept up in what it was doing to discover the animus that only grew towards it. Mm. Um, it was, it was yeah. supremely disheartening and partly because... I think what it does is so lovely and yeah, I think a lot about um, this has seemed like a random throw in here, but spider verse into the spider verse, how you watch into the spider verse. And for those of us who have known and loved Peter Parker, Spider-Man for <clears throat> however long and this mantra of with great power comes great responsibility. You watch spider verse and it's subtle, but they, mm-hmm evolve that mythos and yet retain everything lovely right like mm-hmm. you watch spider-verse and by the end of it you're like what with great power comes great responsibility what is that um anyone can wear the mask is the essence now of spider-man uh, yeah i see what you're yeah and i think that is something that to me happens in the last jedi which is and this is maybe just my imaginings of two years since seeing it but i love the treatment of the force that felt like uh, and, and not even just felt like, but I think is in the text of the script in, in what I think is one of the, if I had to make a list of half a dozen favorite scenes in that film, one of them is Ray sitting on the rock with Lou's Lou with Luke, you know, teaching her. And I actually wrote this line down and he says, what do you know about the force? And follows shortly thereafter. He says, it's not a power you have. It's the energy between all things. Reach out with your feelings. What do you see? And what she does is names polarities, right? Mm -hmm. The island, life, death, decay, warmth, cold, peace, violence. And then this is what I think is crucial to any appreciation that can come from The Last Jedi. Because he then says, and between it all, and she says, Mm -hmm. balance, an energy, a force. And inside me, that same force like that, that to me felt now, maybe it's always been there in the canon and I just wasn't kind of aware of it in this sort of definitive type of statement. It felt new and evolutionary Hmm. and thus revolutionary to say it's not this dark and light polarity. It is the thing that joins them together. I know Obi-Wan and New Hope talks about it binds us all together, but the way the Last Jedi script treats the force and defines the force felt fresh and mm-hmm. and it's exemplified by broom boy right by the end of it yeah you right. see oh it's not and it also reinforces this beautiful moment in force awakens when ray says what do you mean it's real right like yeah yeah you know you you beautifully waxed philosophic on return of the jedi vader loop moment i am a jedi like my father before me to me, these threads are so indicative of where my heart and spirit are in a faith setting 
in these days, in these years, which is this thing is real and it's available, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and and, and that's just this really beautiful treatment on top of that. We've already listed the scenes of the throne room battle and Canto bite. I'm not Canto bite uh, the crate battle of crate and just what Luke's sacrifice at the end means to the themes of the film. But even Ian, that final scene, that final shot of Ray with a broken saber and a bunch of books that Yoda dismisses. And it's just, just tiny band. Like the imaginative ceiling was undiscoverable to what that Mm -hmm. kind of signaled for what this could be next. And that was so exciting. It was so exciting to sort of find that no more than just, and I haven't even mentioned it, but more than, you I can't believe it. I'm, I have left that out until now, but Ray from nowhere yeah. is now purely imaginative, but was such a bedrock, beautiful choice that seemed yeah. a deliberate and intentional, actual choice that was made canonically in right. that film. And right. it was amazing. Yes. It was a total inversion, yes. a total inversion of the Luke Skywalker child of destiny path to say destiny is what your choices will define. Right. And that was really yeah. a beautiful sort of image to run with. Anyway, I love it. Well, and I just want to like add to that, that um, meta level. I feel like what last Jedi does is um, it, it, it doesn't reimagine anything in some like coarse, crude fan fiction way where um, the old rules don't apply. We're not going to honor the continuity. We're not going to, honor what has come before and that's what last jedi does is revolutionary it it expands it remains tethered with with like integrity to what has come before and that's what's happening in the movie too because ray is looking to get in touch with jedi predecessors right and kylo ren is saying let the past die kill it if you have to total severance and Luke is this complicated figure who is kind of both because he's the, you know, the the steward of the mysteries of the Jedi, and he wants to let it go because Jedi have made mistakes, including him. The weight of that is too much to bear, and he needs the fresh blood in Rey to show him, like, no, you can occupy this tradition meaningfully and with integrity. And, and, and yeah. not be yeah. buried by mistakes that have made in the past. It is possible to inhabit this with honor and in a living way. The choice, the choice is not um, which way will you let the past die? You know, the Kylo Ren way where you annihilate it or the Luke Skywalker way where you just kind of let it pitifully, you know, just let it fade and eventually just crumple in anonymity. There is a way to take hold of the living past inhabit it into the future in a bold way that that honors the past but is receptive to what you need right now that's what the last that's what ray does and that's what yoda tells luke right and that's what last jedi does and i i would say that that's you have everything you need including yeah. including like it's again he it's playful in empire yoda again right like she already has the texts so she does need yeah. the text she does need the text right. um but what Luke doesn't know is she already has them. Read them, have you? <laughs> Page turners, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such a, oh man, even that is such a beautiful moment. D- that, such a beautiful moment. I love. The greatest teacher is failure. 
um, I love that it's the return of his old master that really galvanizes Luke. He gets a push when he he reconnects back with the Force, and then he feels Leia. Mm. That when he says, he whispers, Leia. You know, it's that mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. His feelings that betrayed him in Jedi, there they are. He loves his sister desperately. And she emerges from her coma in that moment. That's one of his pushes, because then he goes to find Rey, right? But, right. She, but she's with Ben. And, like, oh, I'm afraid to touch that again. And it ta- it takes Yoda with that knock on the noggin with his stick, just like old times. And Luke is back in. And Luke is now not afraid to use his legend. He, he was so afraid of um, his... Uh, David Foster Wallace used to call it like um, um, your statue, like the the legend of you versus you. He was so afraid of his statue and he finds a way to like, no, I can appropriate all that I've learned even just now and I can put my statue to use for good the way I'm supposed to. It's the way that he honors, that he so dismissively at the beginning when we meet him, he's like, you think I'm going to go out and face the First Order by myself with a laser sword? He honors... he. He he doesn't, and yet he does. He splits the middle. He keeps his <laughs> he keeps his promise. It's amazing, and yet doesn't, and weaponizes his legend. And now the first order, everywhere they are, they're terrified because Luke Skywalker, the legend, arrived and faced down Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren didn't beat him, and Kylo Ren is just scared and pissed off, and he got whooped. He, he didn't get killed. He didn't get any limbs severed, but morally he lost, and the galaxy knows it. And that's that's the, the rebellion most rebellion is reborn today. This, the war, the war has, has just begun, begun, and I will, and I will not, not be, be the, the last Jedi. Jedi. God, that amazing. is everything. Oh, I love it. That is everything. <laughs> the man that is everything. The man who had said it is time for the Jedi to come to an end now telling the Dark Enforcer, and yeah. I, and I will not be the last Jedi. Dude, like I'm <sighs> getting chills on my spine again right now. Just let's this, go watch <laughs> it right now. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Oh man, so and his uh, his like amazing. Not one word of what you said was correct. Like, oh man, um the the way that he was dismissive of Ray. Now he puts Kylo Ren in his place. You know, he's learned. The master has learned, and now he he's the master the reborn. Is now complete. The circle is complete, and he can do what his first <laughs> master did. He can lay down his arms, let the saber go through him, but also with that wink, it's like. See you around, kid. See you around, kid. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Speaking of good, let's jump into this other movie. Yeah, it's so it's, it's real. <laughs> All right, treasure trove of good. So this other yeah, movie, treasure trove. Um, so a couple of notes before we start talking about Rise of Skywalker, um, because we haven't brought it up whatsoever yet. Um, more explicitly, rather. <clears throat> so, um. This conversation was planned, or rather a podcast episode from Fear of God about Star Wars slash Rise of Skywalker had been in the works for a couple months. We'd been talking about it, Ian and I, and in a perfect world, uh, (laughs) barring logistics of two friends who have between them six children and the life that all of that encompasses. So barring the logistics of that, in a perfect world, we would have recorded all of the last hour, 20, uh, before seeing Rise of Skywalker, um, <laughs> it would not nearly have been so sarcastically laced and you more know, reverence, dripping like, with <laughs> venom, um, and then come back together to talk about it. But, but here we are. 
Um, I know I've watched it twice. I'm pretty sure you have as well. Yep. And I do want to throw, I mentioned this earlier, but I do want to throw um, some resources to any listeners who care. And I'll put these up on the blog post for this podcast episode as well. Um, I'm a big fan and have been for years of the movie critic film crit Hulk. Uh, F-I-L-M, like film, like movie, crit, like critic, Hulk, like the Incredible Hulk, film, crit, Hulk, all one word. Um, really, really smart dude. Um, super savvy cinema critic and just writer. Um, so I would encourage anyone who is interested in just the the nature of film criticism to read his stuff. Um, I don't think... Our mutual friend Blake Collier has written on Rise of Skywalker, but but I was feeling bad mentioning movie critics and not giving a <laughs> shout out to Blake, so I'll do that here. But um, so Film Crit Hulk has written some stuff about Rise of Skywalker and and Star Wars and Abrams and in, in uh, general that's worth your time. Yeah. Um, but also I mentioned it previously. Uh, I have to catch up um, and just to kind of fill my brain, which is fit to burst, and I'm thankful to be having this conversation so I can sort of stop dwelling for a little while in this world um take a breather uh but binge mode which is a podcast series um uh hosted by the ringer podcast network i reference them here and there uh, via their the watch podcast but binge mode um they've done a lot of stuff they've done game of thrones they've done harry potter but fair warning to anyone who gets interested in them they're pretty coarse um it's a it's a pair of hosts um, they can be pretty raw in terms of the blue language. Um, that said, and and they're kind of acquired taste in terms of their energy level. Like sometimes you're like, oh my God, um, you got to kind of normalize to them. That said, those two things, even aside, the level of scholarship is staggering. Like it is staggering. They'll have a two and a half hour episode on, you know, one film in the Star Wars series. And they're doing literally everything, yeah. all the films all the Mandalorian episodes, uh, Clone Wars, the series rebels, the series, it's an impressive and encyclopedic, uh, look at the entire saga, which is just, if you're a fan of star Wars at all, you'll, you'll find something to enjoy there. Um, lastly, a lot of what has just been forming some of my media intake lately is, um, interviews with Damon Lindelof around Watchmen. Um, I referenced on, I think it was it chapter two conversation about, and I alluded to this a minute ago with spider verse about what it means to remix a thing, mm. um, to, to take an existing property. And Lindelof has this really amazing thread of conversation through all of his interviews. He's a really thoughtful guy, really creative guy about his tackling of Watchmen and, and what it meant, what he had to sort of the bar he personally had to clear in order to make this a valuable endeavor. And so a lot of my personal kind of, creative energy is has been stirred by those conversations i would encourage anyone to look at it and or listen to it rather track those down um so so just leaving those there as sort of scaffolding for some of this rise of skywalker conversation um to to just push us into this um i think something i referenced this with last jedi a minute ago the, how high the ceiling was yeah. imaginatively at the end of uh, Last Jedi, and and in this Lindelof, like, what does it mean to 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 take an existing franchise, to take an existing intellectual property, uh, which I hate the corporatism of that phrasing, mm-hmm. but this this concept, like, 
in this case, Star Wars, but in another case, Spider-Man, in a third case, Watchmen. What does it mean to take this thing and make it worth doing anything with? And that is what I'm so attracted to in The Last Jedi, is yeah. it, it takes the puzzle pieces of Star Wars and says, well, what if we, what if we take these existing puzzle pieces and make a whole new picture? Mm-hmm. Like, all the essential components are there, but what you thought this had to end up like doesn't have to. And that was really yeah, impressive ab- and amazing. Absolutely. And, you know, at this point in the conversation will come as no surprise. One of the, other than actual narrative choices of the rise of Skywalker, one of the things that was so disheartening to me was that it took what felt like limitless opportunity and steered forcefully, no pun intended, dramatically, sharply, into just the star wars of it all yeah yeah in a way that felt um i'm gonna start us here and then you can sort of pick up um i've already started i know but i'm gonna so i don't know what your feelings were like after and and this is why you're here to help talk me off the ledge or to just push me over whoa um (laughs) give me a little give me give me give me a little force push um so ian the first night i went to see this and this doggone press tour right before the release of the film, mm-hmm. I started getting worried hmm. because there was such a, what seemed like a distancing actively to all the things I love about the last Jedi and even the film itself. So I entered my first screening of the rise of Skywalker, just hopeful, right? Like just cautiously optimistic and dude, I can't, I can't, this sounds like a made up, you're BSing me. The first line of the crawl, my heart just sank and it yeah. never recovered. There are things that I found to kind of appreciate, but I set, so I'm, what I'm going to read to you here is my Facebook post about 24 hours later after I'd been dwelling on this and it's, it's caustic. I'll own that. Um, and I can be softer now, but what I wrote was the rebels lost because the fans in quotes won. This was a misguided effort built entirely on the premise of reneging the previous film. This is me being hoity toity and quoting Shakespeare. It was a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury and signifying nothing empty, lifeless, uninspired, nonsensical, self-aware, insecure, cowardly. Shame on JJ and Disney. I went in cautiously optimistic and am gobsmacked by how vacuous and unengaging that was. Yeah, that was my first. <laughs> I'm so happy because you texted me that. that like, your first text oh, me. Did I? Oh. Your first text me was um, two sentences of profanity. Uh <laughs> Ver- verb that noun strong what strong profanity what an adjective waste and uh then most of what you said there including gobsmacked i was i was real chuffed that you were gobsmacked so um uh, I, yeah so so uh, you know what is difficult and maybe and feel free to rebuff this notion what is difficult to what I'm found almost impossible to do with rise of Skywalker is actually talk about the, the on-screen film and not somehow to, to do it on its own terms. Mm-hmm. Like 
I've, I have found it terribly difficult to just be like, Oh, well, yeah, that this happened and that happened because, and we can talk about this, but I was stunned. And, um, I, in my, in my theater comings and goings, I've got a dear friend who a number of years ago, he's, he's probably about 10 years older than me and probably sensed my like, like young Anakin, Obi-Wan kind of relationship where I was probably more overly passionate about riffing on and hating on a thing than I should have been. And he, he, he cautioned me and he was like, Nathan, nobody ever sets out to make a bad movie. And dude, that, that haunts me because I mean, really like there are times you watch straight up just bad movies and you're like, come on, come on. Someone just meant to make this. Garbage. You would sleep easier and, at night if if you knew that that was yeah, the intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, the joke. It's a trap. You know, jokes on me, man. Joke is on me. So, I war internally with a film like this because what it feels like is open hostility, and this this blows my mind is open hostility towards the Last Jedi in a way that's kind of staggering. So that's what it feels like. Um, What it feels like is bending the knee to the worst and most toxic aspects of what has become pop culture fandom for its response. It's, it is, this is what I mean when I, it's hard for me to talk about the events of the film uncorrelated to these, you know, kind of spokes on this wheel, because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, um, you know, let's ignore the giant, the giant uh, uh, reincarnated emperor in the room for a moment. But like, <laughs> what do you mean Luke and Leia knew Ray was a Palpatine? This is a ridiculous and absurd statement for this movie to make that one makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Two makes these characters absolute liars and people I don't want to support. Um, and the list could go on and on, but this is just one sort of instance where the film seems to have this strange self-conscious open hostility that makes it very difficult to take seriously on its own merits, which as I referenced with Reed's adventure at the top of the episode, uh, two hours ago at this point (laughs) are, are when, when, when the force ghost of my friend 10 years ago says no one sets out to make a bad movie. I watch this and I want to be like, I I believe you, but doggone, this is, (laughs) Somebody worked really hard to make this a labyrinthine mess. That's impossible! <laughs> and, you know, yes, I, I am pissed off um, that what I think is the strongest aspect of this entire new trilogy, which is the thematic thread of Ray being from nowhere, gets just totally erased. Not just erased, but actively intentionally with a vengeance undone yeah so yeah that makes me mad and it's difficult i want to i want if i find anything to praise about this movie it's my kids liked it okay and that that and i say that that sounds dismissive that is a thing worth valuing my kids like we just talked about growing up with this world like that's not nothing um it just kind of blew my mind that by the end of two and a half hours the first viewing by the end of two and a half hours, dude, I felt nothing. I was like, I, I can't believe how yeah. little I feel in response to what I've just come yeah. to the party to. Yeah. So that's that's my kind of. Um, wow. Okay. So I. 
you just came back. Oh, you were gone. Okay, okay, okay. I, I appreciate that therapy session. I, <laughs> I had to go to the second moon of Endor for a quick trip. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I got the blade. And just um, hope that the Death Star was in the exact perfect position. Because <laughs> somehow the ancient Sith knew that the Wayfinder oh would God. be in that room oh <laughs> when the oh space God. station, which blew up, when when half of right. it landed on the planet. <laughs> right. They knew. Oh, um so that that's that's a mystery box discussion that we have to talk about because I know storytelling matters like intensely to both of us. But I guess that what I want to say is that I was really um my my first viewing I went to opening night and I was so profoundly disappointed when all was said and done. During it I just kept thinking like okay, please um in the first half hour what I kept thinking was please slow down. It is so <laughs> it is so hyperkinetic in that first half hour, and I and I'm okay with some stretches of it, like I, the the sequence of Kylo Ren like searching for the wayfinder. I don't like the sure. conceit, but it right. lo- it looks great. <clears throat> Yo, um, yes, the movie, movie looks, looks great. great. Yes. I think that sequence looks great. Maybe there'd be a way to have him looking for for something, and that's a cool sequence. But the thing is that the movie does not let up um, for thirty minutes. Um, and it's just side mission upon side mission upon side mission. Um, and we're never like back onto the main track of the RPG for way too long in this, in this movie. Um, uh, I, now I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever listened to the fear of God episode on the birds, Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. yes. <laughs> I make a, I make a ridiculous com- comparison to the legend of Zelda. Yeah. Like, you know, I just I'm just trying to complete a task, <laughs> right, and yes. you guys are like throwing every conceivable and stupid obstacle in my path. Like, hey, okay, I've got a podcast with Ian. Okay, well, it turns out my microphone is broken. Okay, well, I've got to go to the store and get a new microphone. Right. Okay. Well, when I get there, they're like, oh, we're out of the microphone you want. You need to go over to this other store. Oh. Okay, fine. I'll go to that store. And I get there and they're like, well, but there's a new update or whatever. And you can't use what you did before. Okay. Like th- that's what Rise of Skywalker. And you need lithium ion is. batteries. What? That's, that's Rise of Skywalker. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You need this dagger that has a special. You need the widget to get the goober. Be able to magically and I just want to get to a save point. Like that's, that's all that I'm asking for. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be safe. I've, I want to get out of yeah. here. Like, please, before you confirm my worst fears, get me out. And, and that's what. That that's the feeling I kept feeling in my in my gut. I was like, "This is what I was afraid of when I heard that." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, no joke, no joke. When the when yeah. the special editions were, we're not jokers. We here. are not jokers. When the no. the special editions were coming out in theaters, I I went to all the midnight premieres. I had a nightmare. Sure, I had a nightmare. Um, one <laughs> night, um, I was going to see the Return of the Jedi special edition the next night. The night before, I had a nightmare that I showed up in the theater. And I fell asleep and only woke up during the Ewok uh, dance party victory lap. (laughs) Which I thought would be the original music. (laughs) Yup, yup! But um, instead it's it's moving reverential (laughs) new score. Yup, yup! Um... But that was that like that was that was a frightening moment. Like, oh no, I missed the whole thing. Um, and my feeling during Rise of Skywalker was, this is proceeding exactly as I have foreseen it, <laughs> because I was, I was not psyched when I heard JJ was back at the helm again. I was like, why did you put this dude, who did, like his professional career is remixing, and that's it. 
all he does. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm a dummy and I can own that. Like <laughs> it's true. It's I can own it. But I did not I made a joke a couple of weeks a couple of episodes ago on the fear of God about trusting Reed with our choices, our topic choices sometimes and like I'm just a trusting dude. And I <laughs> No, you are and people. that's and that's commendable. And and I did not I did not have the force sensitivity to realize you, what a devastating choice it was you, to throw JJ back on top. It's here. very dangerous putting the two of them together. I don't trust JJ Abrams because because we've been joking a lot the last hour forty, dude. I I came away thinking I don't respect you as a filmmaker anymore. That's, this is not good. This is not even storytelling. It's not even. That's not good storytelling. That, There's no was story my principal here. Thought like I. So yes, I went a second time, and I and I went with my wife and the kids, and I just had to just suppress the feelings coming yes. out of my heart with grace when Owen and Theo say, "I think that's my favorite Star Wars movie." Biting my, oh yeah, biting yeah, my yeah, yeah. my hand. Yeah, I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you force choked him. Yeah, force choked myself so I wouldn't say something mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I liked it more the second time. Um, I actually, I actually cried a couple times with, with with Kristen there beside me, but I still didn't. It's it's like what you said when you saw it the second time. Like it's fine, but that's still pretty. Those are damning words. That's a low for bar. the follow yeah. up to the Last Jedi. That's profoundly right. disappointing. And I got to echo well, like and- I I don't respect Abrams as a storyteller after this. Well, and. I have to kind of eat my own words here because I will often preach the gospel of there's the, there's the movie you want and there's the movie you get. Like it is unfair to a filmmaker, a storyteller to come in preloaded with absolute expectations of what you need out of this particular thing, because that's what I think raged so many fanboys about last Jedi. And, and so I've got to be fair there, but they were wrong. Even the movie we get is just a what, but they were wrong. Like that's the problem with that. (laughs) sure (laughs) like it's the last jedi is fantastic every 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 complaint that can be made by the clearly but i know that you are but it's not (sighs) i'm i'm with you i'm with you i can't just complain that um infinity war wasn't exactly what i had anticipated it would be i can't complain that um um, Justice. I watched Rise of Skywalker and I was like, "Thank you, Jesus. We got Endgame. The Endgame we got because it, it's kind of incredible highly, that Endgame could. Hi, yes, come this is out. highly il- illustrative of just how bad this could have. Yeah, been. totally, totally. Um, and let me. Um, I've been even knowing that we've been, you know, we were going to have this conversation. <laughs> it's so funny. Earlier today, my wife was like, "Do you ever dread having conversations?" I was like, "Well, that's a strong word." <laughs> you know, recording podcast. Recording. I was like, no, I never dread it. I did tell her, I was like, I'm ready to stop talking about, I'm ready to stop thinking about star Wars for a while because it is, it is a stupid film. And I don't mean that like lightly, like rise of Skywalker is a stupid film. It, it is, it is poorly constructed, confused and bad at what it should be doing. And it is not, hyperbolic to be like this pissed me off in a way that surprised me mm-hmm. like like i feel like kylo ren stomping his foot on the battle of crate being like bring it like what 
have you done? You're, you're punching yourself insane. in the side where, where the, the, the crossbow yeah. is you. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I'm hearing you shooting this movie. And I think that that's telling. You said what um, do you mean? Um, that you're, that you're um, lamenting. Um, and, and now I'm forgetting exactly how you put it, but you use the word sure. should, how it should have gone. And I know that we want to be wary of, uh, we, we don't want to just do like how it should have ended and, um, oh, I hate this. Yeah. And, and, and here's my inventory of check boxes that were failed to be checked. So this sucks, but that's not what it's about. It's about, um, what you said earlier, I completely agree. It is impossible to talk about any of the would be merits of rise of Skywalker independently of the last Jedi, because it's so self-consciously. Now, now, like I told you, yes. I don't think that all Abrams is trying to do is extend this middle finger of the Force sure. to the Last right. Jedi. That, yes, but that's the war within me. But, right. but at very least, he is very obviously, deliberately negating the Last Jedi to satisfy some really stupid expectations. That the last right. Jedi, and that is an extremely disheartening. Yes, sort of. No, it absolutely ignore is. even the narrative choices. Mm-hmm. I can handle bold narrative choices. Of course, what it feels like you're doing is catering, and that it was pandering is a troubling, and and I and this is what I mean by the film can't be talked about on the pure basis of what happens in yeah. it because oh, they're a dyad in the force. Well, what the hell is that? That's whatever. Like, mm-hmm. why on earth are you introducing this brand new? mythological concept two-thirds of the way through your final ninth movie there and you know whatever the, the, point being yeah he it's the, staggering they are greasing the rails to arrive at shocking revelations because that's what star wars has like don't you remember the pivotal moment is the villain saying that he's the protagonist's father like that happened once that's all that we need we don't need to well, have recurrence right right like, do I really need another child of destiny overcoming her wicked lineage? No, no I don't. We don't. Like, that's not interesting to me anymore. Right. And you already did it once, and it was earlier, good. So just right. leave it. Where I was, where I was going earlier is in the should haves is as I was pondering, yeah, our conversation and like, okay, if if, and this is a fascinating take as a now forty year old is assessing just media and pop culture and storytelling of like. Uh, Reed and I have this interesting back and forth every few years with certain films that I'll be bold enough to say certain films that just get it so totally wrong. <laughs> um, I'm thinking personally of like a man of steel with what, mm. with making Superman a murderer, which is really troubling and disheartening, but of, of what becomes a curious artifact of pop culture when you say, okay, there's better ways to do this. And here they clearly are. Yeah. Um, that that's, that's not great because, I'm not J.J. Abrams. I'm not the one, you know, spearheading a massive production towards a, a common goal or whatever. But where I talk about The Last Jedi ending with such an imaginative capacity and as I've pondered, okay, well, what could Rise of Skywalker yeah. have been? What what was Force Awakens and The Last Jedi? They are these two characters, Rey and Kylo Ren, their relationship to each other and their relationship to the Force. That's all you needed Mm-hmm. that's like that's what this last movie should have been and at the end of the last jedi you've got kylo on top he's the supreme commander or whatever he is mm-hmm. of of the galactic army of all the power mm-hmm. right of all the sort of corporeal power in the galaxy and you've got ray literally on the bottom mm-hmm. like that 
is a fascinating dichotomy. They have a relationship to each other. They have this sort of force connection thing. Yeah. Go with that. Yeah. Figure out what is next in that dichotomy. Yes. And that's interesting. Like that's a powerful resolution of how do you bridge that gulf, if at all, yes. to resolve these two characters. Not, oh, by the way, in the most convenience-laden two seconds of dialogue in a film maybe right. ever – Guess what? I think Palpatine's back. How? I don't know. These three things, maybe. Okay, he's here. Let's go. Because because we all oh know about God. the Sith. I mean, right? Like we're all conversant and fluent right. in the ways of the Sith. Right. That, well, that, no, that you're making everyone point, thought which is was that extinct force... for a thousand years. And yeah. right, that Force Awakens note when Ray is wide eyed and like, "What do you mean this is real?" Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden we're all just sort of accustomed to. We all, all know what the throne of the Sith is, and we all like a Sith is a language. And protocol droids right. were programmed to oh, to have a prime God. directive to not translate it, and it, it's it's preposterous. Like you, that 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 completely completely um, antimatter annihilates um, uh, my suspension of disbelief. You're such a nerd. <laughs> 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 that, that you can't give me that um, Ray thinks that oh, oh that finn thinks luke skywalker like oh that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo right as a right. as a force awakens yeah. like yeah it's got a map to luke skywalker oh you gotta be kidding me right to right. to rise right. of skywalker like oh yeah there's sith loyalists and this is their emblem and oh, you know they clone people right holy crap uh, and they're on exegol right. and like we we've all heard of exegol no one knows where it is but oh exegol it's the haunted castle of the galaxy ian ian olsen the minute that word was said, I was like, that's stupid. And then they said it about 50 more times. I was like, you guys, you don't hear yourselves. No. Do you? Because you sound like idiots running around, literally just running and jumping. And and I, oh, my God. Like, all, <laughs> I love how the criticism post-Force Awakens is like, what do you mean a girl has the Force? And then all of a sudden she's like a super god. Mm -hmm. Like, give me a break, y'all. Like, we went from like teeny tiny kind of Force use to just like, just whatever she's doing in this movie. Well, Leia's a real oh good god. teacher. So I don't think you can fault I that. I guess. Who, who apparently, you know, 40 years ago was also training with Luke and foresaw oh, that's right. her son's that's right. yeah. to the dark side. Because so, we, like, give me cause we gotta have all these legendary artifacts and someday, oh someday someone will take up this saber and fell the supremely, ultimately final, great, bad leader and whatever. And like, not everything's Excalibur. Sometimes it's just a lightsaber. <laughs> and, and that's okay. And that's fine. And, that's okay. and sometimes it's just a scavenger from Jakku. But she has the force. Right? Oh my god! But she That's, has the force, yes. and that so is your story. Yes, that's your story. Yes, we. It's not that I am against any and all. Like, you know, this is pregnant with significance and moment. It's just that we've already had that. We had a chosen one. By the way, having Palpatine return utterly does away with the destiny of Anakin Skywalker. So, like, how can you feel good about that? As as a as a crafter of a story, like this was literally dude's destiny, and what his life was for. But it's fine. We'll bring back Palpatine. Who cares? It's ridiculous. But you, but you know, I made a joke earlier about Tom Hooper and cats. And I don't know if you n saw that happening or what I'm referring to. But the movie Cats released, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Two theaters. Yes. <laughs> and then. They sent a new file out, yeah, with new CGI. Now, 
this is where I'm saying it is impossible. Why Rise of Skywalker? And I'll say it. Why it fails as a piece of storytelling. I don't like the word content, but you yes. know what I mean? Like as a piece stick, of storytelling. Stick with that. As a story. Is it, yeah. is it, it can't exist without the conversation around it. And that mm-hmm. is a devastating blow to, to the whole thing. Yes. Because, because all you can think about when you watch this, this is where the Tom Hooper cats thing keeps, keeps arresting me, which is, and why rise of Skywalker feels like a folding of, of the relationship between, uh, uh, producers of of storytelling writ large and the people who consume it yeah yeah is the last jedi positions posits i think states which also oh my god whatever um ray is no one from nowhere and what you envision what i envision as i as i pondered this dumb movie for a week now is (laughs) some group of angry fans saying no way that's not real so where I'm going with this is <clears throat> it's the bootstrap paradox from dark. There's no source point now mm. between the choice creatively mm-hmm. and the decision by culture and fandom. Mm-hmm. And that's very troubling. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to, as JJ be like, you know what? They're right. <laughs> she should be a, she should be a pop. Really? Like, because <laughs> you can force feed me all day long that, Palpatine was behind it all, but I call your bluff mm-hmm. and say, no, this is not present in your storytelling. Right. And it's interesting. I keep referencing Lindelof. Lindelof in talking about Watchmen and some of the the surprises and sort of reveals that happened throughout the nine episodes of that show. He basically says, you can't surprise anyone anymore in this internet culture. And he's not saying it cynically. He's saying what that means is you have to work harder at the story mm-hmm. because the mass mind of the internet will figure you out. Yeah. In other words, um, you know, what is, um, I'm trying to think of a lost reference here, but it's like, you know, I, none's coming to mind immediately, but the, the black is, rock, you're holding out this. <laughs> sure. Sure. You're holding out this mystery. Yes. The internet, the internet figures it out yep. years before you actually tell it in your story. And so where I'm going with this is JJ hasn't learned that lesson. No. And so instead what he does is just meets the audience with what they quote unquote want. And what we end up with is a flaccid, uninspired piece of just, just mess. It, and it's so disheartening. It's just pabulum. I mean, it's, it's just baby food. The, the expectation of the, the fanboy who only wants four through six replicated in every installment that bears the name star Wars. Is it ultimately worth satisfying that base? If it means nine movies that could have been, the work that the nine accomplish were accomplished in three because that's what we have. What, right. what there, there's a lot that is hard to me about rise of Skywalker, but what it proves is that there was not an end goal or an end game. We're in the end game now mm-hmm. uh, in mind to even justify the existence of the sequel trilogy beyond the purely cynical motives of, Hey, we've acquired this property. Let's let's run with this. What what's so hard about that is the last Jedi. If if you'd fallen the breadcrumbs that movie lays out, it's like oh, thematically you can justify this now you, because you you're telling have. a whole different and that's aspect why look, on the so story. You hate it. I hate it when when um that certain breed of fan says that Ryan Johnson, 
you know, ruin the plan. No, he didn't. There was no plan. Okay? Force Awakens laid out a bunch of mystery boxes, many of which were not worth opening in the first place. Some of them opened up on some intriguing ideas to be followed up on. That's, I mean, that's where we got Ben killing his father. And that, that opens up lots of complexity for Last Jedi. So there's a few things worth following up on. If, if Force Awakens was the only sequel movie, it, would, it could not justify its existence. Last Jedi is a good course correction towards substance and towards, yes. like you're saying, that imaginative ceiling of um, The Last Jedi feels to me like um, I do a lot of emotional reasoning as I'm trying to explain connections, narrative turns. What is what is this character thinking right now? What What, what is their face reading as I'm watching like with my sons, right? Mm-hmm. And I all that I'm doing is I am verbalizing what I've been thinking about for 35 years, <laughs> give or take, right? Since I began watching Star right. Wars, right? But that the emotional mechanics that are shown but not necessarily... Um, um, explicitly described in dialogue, which is one of my beats with the prequels, by the way. We don't see people feeling things. We just hear Anakin saying, I'm so conflicted! You know, but we don't see him conflicted. And what's the conflict about? It's just a guy moaning and griping. And I feel like The Last Jedi is Ryan, is a fan who has grown up with it, who is who is having those same kind of, like, internal discussions, doing that emotional archaeology of what's going on in the original saga... And making it explicit in a Star Wars film. That's that is what's right. so special about it. It is a grown up and it's I'm not trying yes. to I'm not trying to talk down four, five, and six. I know. I know. But it, it is Star Wars come of age, right? If 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 those logical connections have been followed through to something that is a fitting and worthy successor, the sequel trilogy could still be worth doing. But here's my here's my problem. My I know that like you joke with me about like not liking TV. Breaking Bad is my is my like high point that I like. It's like, well, so that's the standard you're gonna hold everything to. Like that might not be fair, but it's also true. That's the standard I hold it to. My standard for story, t- not all types of storytelling, but especially world building storytelling, is Tolkien. And the man, sure, he didn't. He did not publish sixty books in his lifetime. He got The Hobbit and three volumes of The Lord of the Rings out and some short stories, right? But he spent his entire life fine-tuning this legendarium, which, like, the Cimmerillion, that was posthumously released. And that was the work of his heart that he's been working on since World War I, but that he's making Lord of the Rings consistent with. He spends his entire life in service to this creation. And it shows. It shows in how he makes a meticulous world that is also peopled with actual characters. There's plenty of like hard sci-fi and hard fantasy that's all world building, and I know how the engines on this spacecraft work, but I don't believe these people. I don't buy into these characters. But Lord of the Rings builds an entire world and is filled with persons whom I care deeply about whom I can recognize myself in. That's my standard. And I actually think that Last Jedi meets that standard. But that also means that the forethought is part of that standard that I demand also. So I love Last Jedi. I, I, I'm not going to knock on Last Jedi ever. But there's no evidence for me that the sequel trilogy even had the right to get off the ground in the first place. Because there was no, there's no through line 
that makes this the culmination of 1 through 6. There is nothing that brings anything from 1 through 6 to a close. Well, bro, Palpatine no. was just behind it the whole no, time. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's, Come on, yeah. Look, it makes sense that my 5 and my 7-year-old love this because that works sure. if you are a right. child. There has to be something right. deeper at work to make this part of yes. the Skywalker saga, and it doesn't exist. Right. Well, and yes, to your point, it could have. It could have. It almost did. But it didn't even from the beginning. Kathleen Kennedy didn't get people together and say, this is this is what rounds out this entire story that began with Anakin Skywalker. It, it, is, it is apparent that Kathleen Kennedy did not have um, a, a group of writers, visionaries. Kept, there was Kevin no Feige. Kevin Feige in the central nervous system of, of, of this endeavor, making this monumental thing work as um, this extended story. So we have, well, we, we, the sequel trilogy is an appendix. And like an appendix, yeah. it can it can be lost. I, I don't I don't want it to because there are so many wonderful moments. And I I even think that there are some great moments in Rise of Skywalker. It doesn't make it not a turd because it is. And you, you can, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not going to try to polish it. It's just that like I think the sheer charismatic power of Driver and Ridley they yes. they it's it's lipstick on a pig, but it's kind of a Kind of a good looking it's a pig. pig. It's a <laughs> <laughs> when all said and done, uh, you know. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, um, I want to start to steer us towards the heights again. I'm going to aim for a closing uh, statement, as it were. But one, thank you for hanging out with me, yeah, and letting me just like just wreck yes on, on the skywalker but celebrate this was good for your soul all the other all the other all the other good things um i had this thought earlier i was like you know the last jedi reaches for the stars and goodness gracious rise of skywalker just settles for the sand like, <laughs> nah, nah we're good down here we're good down here um i don't i don't want to leave this conversation on a down note which is easy to do because of just how strongly I felt about this particular film. And I, I would happily invite you to comment uh, as a follow-up here, but I was really pondering like, what in the world? Why am I so just, because there are absolutely more ardent Star Wars fans than me, you know, like in terms of just the, the minutia and, and, bro i read all the legends mm -hmm. stuff man you know long long live grand admiral thrawn <laughs> right. you know, um, but ian this is what's really weird and it feels weird to make this statement in relationship to something so just pop culturally um richard Rohr talks about contemplation as piercing the illusion of the world to ponder what is true and real and something about how dumb I felt this film was in its final state and how dumb I felt at its watching mm -hmm. had this real bubble bursting effect on me. Yeah. And, and kind of as a parting thought for me, at least I can't promise that I'll be able to fully honor this statement, but kind of being 40 now and feeling a little bolder than maybe I would have been previously 
of at least Rise of Skywalker for the first time. Dude, I have been engrossed in this type of storytelling in my entire literate life. For the first time, I was like, this is a capitalistic corporate mess Yeah, that reads as a cowardly piece of marketing for other corporate endeavors. And listeners know I love me some Disney, but you can call it overblown. But I had like sincere mental anguish over how pissed off this movie made me. And not because there's zero value here. Not because there's literally none. You've referenced this. I've referenced this already. My kids loved it. And that's not nothing. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure knowing canonically that Ray can only be who she is because of her lineage, whatever, you know. But a takeaway for me as Snoke, the actual Snoke, not some vat of cloned matter, says, <laughs> here is still that fiery spit of hope. Ian, my takeaway after mulling this, anguishing over this was, and this is probably far more bold than this movie merits is that trusting corporate enterprise to tell the truth is a false mm. start that, that art making, that truth telling does not belong to capitalist enterprise. <laughs> You're going to love this <laughs> to say that if Disney fails and that then art can't be made yes. is vanity. <laughs> and I know this sounds weird to be like, what a weird bow to tie on this, but it's, sh it has shaken my sort of like lens for, for comprehending this and how no one sets out to make a bad movie, but capitalism can force us to set out to not see what is really there. That's absolutely right. Which is in, which is, which is in this case, the mystifying effect of ensuring a particular bottom line. That's a very cynical statement, but I mean it with utter sincerity. Yeah. Our call as people of faith mm -hmm. is to be artists with our very lives. Yeah. Using our resources, our voices, our passions, our skills, like Broom Boy. Yeah. It's in all of us, that same spark. Mm -hmm. And we need to stop relying on slaves to shareholders yeah. and toxic fandoms yeah. to tell the truth. And we need to figure yeah. out how the hell to do it ourselves. And, I, and what I want to do is I, I love everything you just said. And I want to back it up with, um, I've, I've made. Back it up. Back, back it, up. it up. Back it up. I've. I've made jokes throughout this episode of like um, being a Star Wars fan is like a little masochistic, right? You're like, because you're sure. you're gonna go to the theater for the next one. You're you got a bad feeling about Solo, but you're gonna go see Solo. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you come out and be like, "That wasn't so bad." Yeah, I mean, it's it, okay, like, whatever. You know. <laughs> Darth Maul's in it. Somebody <laughs> Disney Disney made some money. Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> Just stupid. Um, <laughs> but I was. This is um, what I was thinking. I think it ties in perfectly with what you were just saying. When uh, when we see Snoke in the flesh the first time in Last Jedi, Hux is leaving the throne room, and it, it appears that Snoke is telling Kylo Ren, you wonder why I keep a rabid cur. A cur's weaknesses properly exploited, you know, can be a powerful instrument. And it seems like it seems like he's talking about Hux, but I don't think he is. I think he's talking about Kylo Ren. When he has Rey in front of him, he says, I, I'm the one that bridged the two of you. I'm the one that connected you in the force because i knew that kylo ren would not be strong enough to resist telling you everything he's exploiting kylo's weakness because right. a cur's weakness properly exploited can be a powerful instrument and it's in that moment that kylo ren's hearing that that he he knows like what my father told up. me what han told him was snoke's using you and when he's done like he'll throw you aside too he hears that confirmation of what han said 
and he hates it. He hates that Han was right. He hates that it's true. And yes, that's what pushes him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with father figures. But my my point here is that I think that Snoke is saying it about Kylo Ren. I think he's saying it about us too, as Star Wars fans. <sighs> Yeah. because we're going to bitch and we're going to gripe. We're going to complain when Force Awakens comes out. Oh, it's just a new hope. And then we'll get it Last Jedi and we'll say, oh, it's too different. And then we'll get Rogue One and we'll say, hey, wait a minute, this is like a war movie. And then we'll get Rise of Skywalker and we'll get the movie that we deserve. But it's not the movie that should exist. And a lot of people are going to gobble it up. And, and and look, look, it doesn't make you a bad person if you were satisfied by Rise of Skywalker. I don't want to put in such stark moral terms. But it's not good. It's not the Star Wars that we deserve. Not not you and me. I'm not talking about you. Just you and me as like some true fan sure, base. Sure, sure. I'm saying that the people who whose hearts are are sparked and on fire with like the mythic power of this saga, we deserve better than this. But because we are so conditioned, and because we are part of a system that rewards instant gratification and easily met expectations we're going to keep getting rise of skywalkers we're going to we're going to keep having our weaknesses exploited because properly exploited it's going to make a hell of a lot of money and that and that's unfortunately the the bottom line well and that's yes and and you know just to kind of further that i think that was what really woke me up to just you know I don't know what this means or what it looks like, but I would encourage anyone who listens to the fear of God regularly is listening to this conversation. Even if you came in predisposed a certain direction, you know, make the art you want to see. And that doesn't mean everyone will see it, but it'll mean it'll exist. And that's valuable in and of itself. Yeah. And it's not beholden to corporate enterprise. It's not beholden to capitalist pursuit. It's beholden to, as Andrew Peterson says, telling the truth in the most beautiful way possible. Like, would that we all could figure out how to do that with our lives mm-hmm. and with what we put our hands to. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's what was so disheartening in the long run about this particular film was seeing the seams from a, I mean, it's you're, you you see the the melted seams on Kylo Ren's helmet itself, a repudiation of what came before. And that's what felt like was happening watching this film was I'm not watching art makers tell a story they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. I'm watching a corporate entity ensure a bottom line. Yep. And that's not a cynical statement. It can be a hopeful one, which is to say, I can wake up uh, and and not decide to never watch Star Wars again. I just watched The Mandalorian. It's wonderful. It's fun. But to not underplay the role we can operate and execute in our immediate lives, in our families' lives, in the lives of those around us with the stories we choose to tell and buy in on. And that's a powerful Yeah. That's a powerful thing. Ian, brother. Nathan. This is fun. Yes. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me vent. Thank you for walking down the good and calling out the bad. And here we are. That, I wish I had a, a Star Wars quote ready that's, to send us out that's on. That's how we're gonna win, Nathan. Not not destroying what we hate, but saving what we love. Saving what we love. And we love the last <laughs> um listeners thank you so much for your time happy new year to you ian happy new year to you happy new year Um, nathan we will return our regularly scheduled fear of god offerings come february but this has been the first official b-side welcome to 2020 everyone 
Um, if you've seen Rise of Skywalker, if you haven't, if you disagree with us deeply, maybe we should turn the comments off on this. this (laughs) Um, Abrams is going to film a sequel to this episode and we'll walk back all of our statements. (laughs) Hey, you dummy. Start naming people (laughs) who post, you know. Um, uh, guys, we will, we will see you fully and formally in February. I'm sure you'll see Ian again on our next quarterly King. In the meantime, thank you for listening and, have a happy January. Thank you, Ian. See you around, kid. You're amazing. <laughs>